Welcome to A Girl in the Word podcast. I am your host, Kaylee. I am a lover of books, houseplants, iced coffee, and most of all, Jesus. And in this episode, we are going to be tackling the subject of spiritual warfare. So what is it? Does it still happen today? If so, how do we combat it? All the things. And you know why? It's because I don't really see a lot of people talking about or discussing spiritual warfare. You see a lot of things, uh, but really I don't see a lot of discussion on spiritual warfare. Um, Kind of there's this like gracing over it, like it exists, but it doesn't. And so I figured we are going to talk about it. Uh, We're going to open that can of worms because I know that many of you have probably experienced it but maybe you didn't know it or you just aren't sure how to combat it properly. And so at the end of this episode, I'm also going to give you like five or six things to do when spiritual warfare gets really real in your life and how you can combat it. But I want to start with some scripture. Uh, So let's dive in. In Ephesians 6, 11 through 13, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, 5 tells us, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to obey Christ. Or we take every uh, thought captive to obey Christ. Uh, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Psalms 91, 1 through 16 says, And he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking, to some, seeking someone to devour. Luke ten nineteen says, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. First John 5, 4 through 5 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And last piece of scripture, Isaiah fifty four seventeen says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. And that is just to name a few. That's not even all. So to gain a full understanding of spiritual warfare, we have to begin with the knowledge that we are 
at war. That there are these battles that make up smaller components of the bigger picture, right? And so by definition, a battle actually involves combat between two persons, factions, armies, etc. And so any type of extended contest struggle or controversy is a, is a battle. As Christians, we are in a spiritual battle on almost on a daily basis. So in warfare, battles are often fought on different fronts, right? For different reasons, with varying degrees of intensity. And the same is very much true for spiritual warfare. Our spiritual battles and our warfare are extremely real, even though we cannot physically see the attacker. And so even so, we educate ourselves. We can educate ourselves on how the battle is fought, how the battle impacts our lives, and how we ultimately win. You see, in the spiritual realm, there is a battle going on regardless of your opinion or your belief in it. We are either victors or we're victims. But Jesus, Jesus has come and he has conquered and the war has already been won in the heavens. You see, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus tells us that all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth, that we now have we now have this privilege of having an eternal relationship with God, and we enter into that covenant of salvation by grace. But Matthew 28, 18 isn't just about salvation. It's also about our everyday victory. Our everyday victory is achieved by knowing by believing and by understanding the battles we are enduring daily, regardless of whether or not we are passive or active in these battles. And so to be very honest with you, for some reason, the topic of of Satan or spiritual warfare or the spiritual realm is one that most people, most Christians even, find challenging or, or difficult to consider. However, we have to consider the truth. We have to be rooted in the truth. And that is by choosing to ignore that the devil exists and that his sole aim is to kill, steal, and destroy, we set ourselves up to fall victim to his ploys. In particular, he's going to use lies that are going to make you doubt God and make you doubt his promises over you. In Hosea 6, it actually, or 4 6, it says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. You see, the devil's going to use our mental space as his battlefield to wage war against us. He's going to tell us lies that seem so convincing that we hold on to them for truth. If you haven't yet, go and listen to my last episode on conquering fear and anxiety because the devil knows that this is where humans fall short. This is where we are weak, we are fragile, and he's going to attack us here first. We are such easy targets that way. But the best thing that we can do is to understand that there is this war and that we are in it. We are all caught up in it. Even if you don't ever engage, you are still impacted by it. But you're going to be much more vulnerable to it if we decide not to fight as God has called us to do to be active participants and not passive. So we should engage in spiritual warfare with this confidence that God's work that God's power is working through us and it's greater than any evil that's working against us. 
So if we start to attune our ears to the Holy Spirit and we listen for promptings and guidance, we're going to know how to best pray for what's most needed. And then we pray to advance God's kingdom on earth and stop the spread of evil. You see, our commander in spiritual warfare is Jesus. Jesus is the greatest example of a prayer warrior you're ever going to see. And if we study his life in the word, we can learn how to serve God without fear, how to be more than conquerors through him. So we need to recognize who the real true enemy is, and that's Satan. You know, he was the highest ranked of all the fallen angels who rebelled against God. Satan is your adversary. He's your accuser. He's your tempter. He's your deceiver. He is the father of all lies. And he works by trying to convince you to doubt God's truth, to believe his lies instead. You see, we open doors for attack when we deliberately disobey God and we choose to sin. That's why it is vital that we as Christians run away from temptation to sin and we pray against Satan's plans to hurt us and other people. We should be certain of our authority in prayer. Jesus has given us this authority to pray in his name and we know that he will answer according to God's will and at the right time. And we can be confident that when we pray, we usher in God's power into any situation. You see, the enemy is going to use anything and anyone to kill, steal, and destroy you, according to John 10.10. He's going to use those that are closest to you, but God has given you an armor to help defend yourself. We do not go into this war alone. We go with God. And we need to make use of all that he has given us for battle. He is our shield. According to uh, Psalm 28, 7, he uh, he is our protection. According to Deuteronomy 31, 6, he is never going to leave us or forsake us. So we wake up every day and we put on the full armor of God. Well, what is the full armor of God, you say? According to Ephesians 6, 10, uh, 10 through 18, that is standing firm with the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness, putting on the gospel of peace, carrying the shield of faith, putting on the helmet of salvation, carrying the sword of the spirit. And lastly, one that I actually don't think we talk about enough or add to the, to the armor is prayer. Because in Ephesians 6.18, it goes on to say, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. You see, fervent, prioritize prayer. Prayer is the key. Prayer pushes the kingdom of darkness back. Have a house full of prayer. Humble yourselves before God. Walk in holiness. And if we go back very quickly to the breastplate of righteousness, righteousness means being made right. In daily spiritual battles, righteousness is what protects your heart. Sometimes the scripture is going to refer to righteousness that Christ gave us, which is his righteousness. You can read about it in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And sometimes it refers to righteousness that God carries out through us, like the righteous acts of the saints in Revelation 19.8. And so we need this complete righteousness of Christ but also the continuing righteousness that comes as a response to God's gift of grace. 
So the enemy's going to tempt you with all kinds of things, but the righteousness is going to protect your heart. And I've often found that that people view God's instructions as like complete killjoys or burdens. But if you have full, pure obedience to God, that is actually such a protection for your heart being wounded by sin. So what do we do? What do we do then? We put on this full armor of God and we understand that we are at war against principalities and darkness. You see Ephesians 6, 10, 13, before the armor part says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on that full armor of God so that you're able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against the flesh and the blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So then you take on this full armor, you take up this full armor of God so that you're able to resist the evil and having done everything, you're standing firm. So the bottom line here is that evil has no power over you in Jesus name, even though sometimes it feels like it does. They don't. It doesn't. They don't. You have all the power over evil. The other thing to remember is that these battles or this warfare, it's going to come in waves or during seasons of your life, but it does not last forever. And I actually love in Ecclesiastes uh, 3, 1 through 8, where it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill, kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to bear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So if you feel like you're walking through the valley right now, you're facing some sort of spiritual battle that you just feel like is crushing you, they just can't seem to get out of, I do want to share with you a few things to hold on to while you walk through and while you persevere through this battle. The first is that you shouldn't be afraid. Don't be afraid, but remember the Lord. In Nehemiah 4.14, it says, When I saw their fear, I rose and I spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, and I said, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great, and awesome and fights for your and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. The second is to remember God's testimonies through your life up until this point. These are brilliant weapons of warfare. Fill yourself with faith by holding on to them and from other people's lives as well. You see in Revelation 19.10, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This means that if he has done it before, you better bet he's going to do it again. The third is that you should trust in Jesus to keep you safe, to keep you covered, to keep you protected. 
Jude 24 actually says to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Rest in Jesus today. The fourth is that if you want peace, you should try singing, try worship, try proclaiming the name of Jesus. Remember that the freedom within you will become the freedom around you as you do this. Acts 16, 25 actually says, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. The last thing that I want to leave you with, and certainly not least, is to remember that God never leaves you, never forsakes you, and nothing is ever going to separate you from God's love, ever. And it says in Romans 8, 38 through 39, that I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It also says in Psalm 23, 4, that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. So I'll end like I plan to end every episode moving forward with which is um with a quick personal story because again, I think it's one thing for me to sit here and preach all of this at you and say all these great things and it's another thing entirely for you to hear uh the testimony from someone who has been through several valleys um as well. And so Real quick, uh, this is something that I want to go deeper into when the time is appropriate, but for right now, I will tell you that my mom and I have been in a spiritual battle for the last three, almost four years, and I know you're probably thinking to yourself, um, well, that doesn't give me much hope. Three years, but I want you to hear me out because um, the last few years weren't just completely in the valley. There, there were really high highs and extremely low lows. Um, however, I do believe, and I feel like God is bringing it all to, to a sort of pinnacle, if you will, culminating all of our time spent in prayer and obedience to him in this, in this sort of, uh, push forward to the next season of our lives, which I actually think is going to be really, really beautiful, um, to one, be a part of, and also to witness, but, during those seasons where it did feel like we were in the middle of major warfare, um, I found myself on my knees a lot of the time, uh, sometimes crying in the shower, asking God why, sometimes on my knees for hours in prayer, hours in worship sessions, hours spent trying to figure it all out, when instead God didn't want me to figure it all out. He doesn't want us to figure it all out. He wants us to trust him. And he wants us to release our anxieties and our fears to him and to spend time in his word and worship and spend time in prayer and to communicate with him. So I'll tell you this, uh, our battle still rages on. 
But the second that I learned that every morning when I wake up, I have to actively put on the armor of God, that I am an active participant in this battle, that God is for me, not against me, that he is my rock, my refuge, my shelter, that no weapon formed against me can prosper, that he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be heard, that he's close to the brokenhearted. When I started speaking scripture back to God in prayers, when I started falling to my knees in adoration and in honor, when I started giving him all the glory and the praise, when I handed it all over to him, that is when I felt the victory. That is when I felt like more of a conqueror through Jesus and in Jesus' name. That is when I built my confidence. So does it solve my problems? Does it solve your problems? Not right away, no. But slowly, over time, God is doing what he does best. He's moving mountains that only he can move. So you got to trust him. He's got your situation. He's got you, most importantly. He knows everything that's going to happen in your life. He is the author, the perfecter of your faith. He is the beginning. He is the end. And so you know, don't you think for one second that you are bigger than God, that you can solve whatever you're going through on your own because you can't and you won't. Surrender is such a beautiful thing when it's done properly. Letting go and letting God, as cliche as that sounds, was one of the best things that I have ever done in my life. So if you've made it this far, I really, really, truly thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe so that you can get notified when more episodes come out. And if you have not listened to the other episodes, please go give those a listen. Also, if you feel kind enough, please consider rating the podcast. It helps with all the things and I would appreciate it forever more. And lastly, go follow me on Instagram and TikTok at a girl in the word podcast. I so look forward to to connecting over there. I really enjoy when people reach out and have questions or prayer requests or whatever it is, just saying hi. So please, please, please don't hesitate. And until next time, I will talk to you then. God bless.